Let's pray. Jesus, we absolutely love you. We know that we didn't start it, that you started it. You loved us first. And we want to say thank you for that. We just sang that we want to become more aware of your presence. And we realize that, that our awareness, it's, it's, it's the problems on our end of the equation. So we do ask that you would make us aware. We ask that you would come flooding not only this place, but our hearts as well that you would allow us to hear from you today and be changed because we've met you here. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. It is wonderful to be with you today. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors on the team. I think it's such an honor to be able to be a part of the Overlake family. And so I want to thank you for, for letting me have uh, this joy. Hey, I, 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 we're, we're in a series, and, and we're, I just want to give you hope. We're almost to the end of it. Next week, we're wrapping this whole thing up. The series is called Transform. If you want to grab your notes out of your handout, you can follow along with us. And we've been going a lot of different ways about how this transformation happens, that God is working in our lives, transforming us. And, and today, we're going to talk about the unique way that God has wired us up, shaped us for a specific purpose. But I want to begin with this analogy. There was a movie that hap uh, it came out. It happened. It doesn't, movies don't happen. They, they are sort of produced and, and made. And anyway, a few years ago, a movie came out called About a Boy. And the, the lead actor was Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant was in this movie, and basically he was a, a man-child, right? Primarily self-absorbed. He, he was living off of his father's royalties. His dad was some famous songwriter or something, and, and so he didn't have to work. And he talked about how he um, broke up his day into these half-hour increments, these units of 30 minutes. And he talked about how he filled these 30 minutes. He said, you know, for him, it was too, too overwhelming to think of a whole hour. So he had to think of it like a half hour. And, you know, one unit of time, 30 minutes, he, he would prepare his protein breakfast and his frothy caffeinated beverage. And that was one unit. And then there were two units where he would watch sports highlights from the night before, two units there. And then there were four units where he'd go get his hair cut and, and youthfully disheveled. And, and that was four units of time. And, and he kind of goes through his day and he says, honestly... I don't know how I would have time to fit a job in. I don't know how other people do it, he says. And the whole movie is really this idea of he starts in this totally self-absorbed island, and then because of messy situations, he kind of grows through the course of the movie. But I bring it up because I want you to know, I don't think any of us are living empty and shallow lives like Hugh Grant character at the beginning of that movie. However, I want you to know that the premise of the movie, and Sort of the premise of so much of our heart is we know that we're made for more. We, we know it. We, we know that we're not just here to, you know, you're born and you consume resources and then you die. Like that's not the story. And, and, and so there is more. There is this deeper significance and there's this higher purpose. And it's, it's linked to how it is that you are shaped. You are uniquely shaped. God has made you. We've talked about how God made you in his image, but it's a unique reflection of his image, that, that there are things that you can do that nobody else can do. There are ways that you're wired. Nobody else is wired like you. And of course, we see this in nature, right? I want you to think about sort of the, the, the different way that God has shaped a squirrel, say, than a dolphin. And so you could expect different things 
from each, right? If, if you drop a squirrel in the middle of the ocean, that's, you know, squirrel abuse. If you put a dolphin in a tree, dolphin abuse. So, so, but the idea is they're uniquely shaped to flourish in their environment the way that God has shaped them to flourish. And the same is true with you that God has uniquely shaped you. And, and we've been talking about transformation. So let me just tell you that today is like one of those litmus test days where you wanna know how you're doing on the journey of transformation. You take a look. Are you primarily like that Hugh Grant character, self-absorbed, and you're just spending your days you know, taking care of you? Or is your life reflecting God's glory by serving him? Are you allowing your unique shape to give glory and honor to God? So this is gonna be one of those days, and if you're just joining us, congratulations, you picked a great day to join us, but it's gonna be challenging. Hopefully it's gonna be a little bit inspiring, but the idea is I wanna take a look at how it is that God has shaped you, how, it's, how it is that he shaped me. So shape actually is an acrostic, and we're gonna go through it right now. The S in shape stands for spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And for every follower of Jesus Christ, they have been given a spiritual gift or more than one. And, and the Bible's really clear about this, that when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, when you place your trust in him and you receive the gift that he provides on the cross where he says, I'll take all your sins and, and I will take all your shame and, and in its place, I will give you my righteousness. When, when you receive his gift and you place your your life in his hands, then the Bible says that God's spirit comes and dwells within you. The Holy Spirit comes and makes residence in us. We now become a temple of God. Again, all this is very biblical. And he gives us gifts. He, 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 he basically, he imparts spiritual gifts to us. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So God is the one who decides which gifts we're to have. God is the one who distributes these gifts. Each and every gift that God gives is for a reason. It's for a purpose. There's, there is absolutely method to the way in which God is managing the gifts that he's distributing. And if you want to read about these, there are two lists that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's one list that's mentioned in Romans chapter 12. This little extra credit for you if you'd like to read about it this week. But as you read through those spiritual uh, gifts lists, and, and you'll recognize they're not exhaustive, but they're just helpful for us to understand, you'll see that God is giving these gifts for a reason. That the gifts that he's imparting to the followers of Jesus, his children, it, they're given for a specific purpose. And the purpose is that we would then offer them to him as a way to bring him glory. That we would then offer those gifts back to him as a way to see his kingdom flourish. And I, I just want to be really, really clear that spiritual gifts are not given so that the follower of Jesus can be puffed up or prideful. They're not given to us for our own edification, although we are edified as we use these gifts for his glory. But I want you to understand they're given for a reason. The reason is so we could help somebody with them. Okay, this is what the Bible says. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Please underline that last phrase. It's not primarily for us. It's primarily so that we can help. 
And this is God's plan. Again, the kingdom always comes back to this, that, that it's, it's us together, that there's this community, there's this fellowship, there's this family, and it's ever expanding. And that's what brings glory and honor to our heavenly Father. So spiritual gifts given to each follower of Jesus Christ, that's the S in shape. The H in shape is our heart's desire. Our heart's desire, our passion, our interest, that thing that we're intensely motivated by, and it's just sort of naturally wired within us. Now, Scripture says this. It says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. You know what that means? It means your heart reflects the real you. You know that there's a you that other people see, there's a you that you put on when you head out the door to work. There's a you that circumstances have forced you to project into the world. And then there's the real you. And your heart reflects the real you. And that's why it's so important, friends, for us to care for our hearts well, to steward our hearts well, to, to nurture, to guide our hearts well. This is what it says in Proverbs 4, 22. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Care for your heart. Protect your heart. Nurture your heart, right? And, and you're to do this because your whole life is going to flow from your heart. Some of the translations say it is the wellspring of life. Uh, the, the, the heart will direct your path. And so you need to make sure that you're taking care of your heart and you're to make this of medium priority. No, that's not what it says, is it? It says, above all else. This is the most important thing, that we're above all else, you're to care for and steward your heart well because it reflects the real you. Now, some things, and you know this as you look at the course of your life, some things have been naturally interesting to you. There are areas that you have been just passionate about and, and, and nobody taught you to be passionate about say justice or, or, or whatever it is, you can kind of fill in the blank, but you just always have been interested in that, passionate about that, curious about that. You've always done research, you've done study, you've got, wanted to be in conversation about whatever it is. And maybe even your, your parents weren't or your siblings weren't or your friends weren't. And they thought, oh man, you're you're kind of weird in that, that you love, you know, X. And, and, and it's just kind of crazy because we don't like that. And, and you're kind of wondering, yeah, how is it that I have always been passionate about this? It's because of your heart's desire. Your heart has been in it. And the reason why I bring this up is because many times in Scripture, we read this phrase, serve the Lord with all your heart. Serve the Lord with all your heart. This is found many times in scripture. It's in Deuteronomy 10, 12. It's in Joshua. It's in Samuel. It's in Chronicles. It's in Romans. And what it's saying is you're to serve the Lord with your unique passion. You're to serve the Lord with, with all of your intensity, with, with, with all of your enthusiasm. Your heart is to be in your service to the Lord. And, and so recognize that this is that passion posture that only you can fill, only you can be there because of the unique way that God has given you spiritual gifts and he has shaped your heart's desire. And when you serve from your heart's desire, you will serve enthusiastically. And because you serve enthusiastically, you will also serve effectively. 
And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And that's why God invites us to serve out of our spiritual gifting and out of our heart's desire. The A in shape stands for your abilities. And you have individual abilities. These are just things that you're naturally good at. And I think it's so funny because I, I have talked with several of you and, and some of you are so good at some things. They have come so naturally to you. They're just easy for you. And because they're so easy for you, you think that those things must be easy for everyone else. And they're not, right? Whatever it is, it's, if you're good at something naturally, you just need to understand that's a beautiful thing. Right, That's how God has shaped you. Those abilities, those are yours individually. And so what do we do with them? Well, well we got to do something with them. Let's give them back to God. A couple of things that I, I want to encourage you with. The first thing, and you might want to write this down, every ability finds its source in God. Every ability finds its source in God. Nothing is impossible with God. God is able for anything, and so all of our abilities naturally flow from him. It says this in Romans 12, 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Different gifts for doing certain things well. It all, again, stems from God. The next thing you need to know is that every ability can be used to glorify God. Every ability can be used to bring God glory and honor. And so this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Would you circle the word whatever? And, and it's not like whatever, you know, whatever I do. It's, it's whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Look at that next verse from Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So as you take a look at your life and you recognize that you're naturally good at planning or you're naturally good at farming, you're naturally good at programming, you're naturally good at raising money or whatever, look, whatever you're good at, whatever it is, you can offer that to God for his glory. There is a great movie called Chariots of Fire. And in this movie, it's, it's about runners back in England. They, they win Olympic gold, but it's, it's so inspiring. And there's this line, because one of the, the runners is a follower of Jesus. And he says, that God made me fast, he says. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. See, when you do the thing that you are able to do because you serve a God who is able for anything and your abilities are flowing from him, when you do that thing, whatever it is, if you're doing it for the glory of God, you're bringing God pleasure. It's so beautiful, right? So our spiritual gifts, our heart's desire, the individual abilities that we have, the P in shape is your personality, your unique personality. And this is the way that you are wired naturally. It's the way that you get refueled naturally. Our personalities are so many different combinations of personality traits and, and there are many tests that we can take to kind of figure out sort of what our personality is, how we're wired. Some of you already know, you just you naturally, you don't have to take a test. I'm an extrovert, I know this, right? Or uh, however it is. 
I just want you to hear me say this. There is no right temperament for serving the kingdom of God. There is no right temperament. There's no wrong temperament. Your temperament is just your personality. It's just the way that you're wired naturally. So just offer that unique personality to the Lord's use. And I want you to think real quick about the disciples for a moment. This little Petri dish of humanity, the disciples. I want you to think about those three years that they were with Jesus. And you read through the Gospels, you see, oh, they were all different personality types. They were all wired uniquely in terms of how their natural personality mixture was. And it was out of that beauty and out of that chemistry and out of that variety that the entire world was impacted. Right? God can use any personality type. The, the most important thing is just bring yours to him. And the E in shape is the word experience, your particular experiences that you've had. Nobody else has walked the road that you've walked. Nobody else has learned the lessons that you've learned by walking the road that you've walked. And so nobody else can choose to serve from the position that you can choose to serve from because nobody else has had your particular experiences. And there are four or five ways that I would have you think about your experiences. You could write these words down if it helps you. Um, You might wanna process that, that you've had family experiences and you've learned some things from your family dynamic that you grew up in. You've had educational experiences, the th- subjects in school you were naturally drawn to. You've had vocational experiences. What are the roles or jobs you've been particularly effective in? You've had spiritual experiences. What have been your most meaningful times with God? And you've had ministry experiences. How have you served the Lord in the past? I found this quote from a guy named Aldous Huxley. He says this, experience is not what happens to you, it's what you do with what happens to you, right? This is our experience, how it is that we respond. And the last way that I would have you process your experience is the painful experiences that you've had. What are the seasons that that you have walked that have been particularly difficult? Trials that you've experienced, betrayals things that have been really, really hard. And out of that processing, I just want you to hear this, that God never wastes a hurt. He is present and he wants wants to take that and he wants to redeem it and he wants to use it. And so often it's out of our most painful experiences in life that God builds a platform for our most powerful ministry. It's it's just amazing redemption. Anybody can bring good things out of good things. It's only God who can bring beautiful things out of hard things. And so you just might want to think about how this naturally happens. Who better to lead a Celebrate Recovery support group than somebody who has faced down their demons of addiction and has experienced victory over them and now can provide the support and the care and the counsel for others to experience sobriety as well. Who better to be part of our greeting team, our host team, than those who have experienced rejection in the past, but they want to now use that as a way to offer welcome and invitation for people into the kingdom of God. Who better to be part of our prayer ministry 
than those who have had painful seasons where they've had to go to the mat in prayer and they've prayed and they've prayed and it's in the midst of that travail that God has met them and brought them through and it's out of that experience that they now want to pray for others. You see, it's out of that painful experience that so often God allows us to bring help and comfort to others. The scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 1.4. He, God, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Friends, God never wastes a hurt. He can redeem all of our experiences in order to comfort and bless and serve others, to reflect his glory, to advance his kingdom. And you will find a place of deep effectiveness and fulfillment when you can intersect all five of these elements together. When you bring your spiritual gifts, when you bring your heart's desire, the full measure of your abilities, your personality, and your experiences, and together offer them all to Jesus. And the closer you get to serving him out of the intersection of those five places, the more effective and fulfilled you will be. Now, I just want you to see this, that there is a way in which you can connect and serve at Overlake that is very, very easy. And I'm actually going to use the computer real quick, and I'm kind of a Luddite. So uh, the reason why I think this is a good illustration is because so many of you are Luddites as well. So it's super easy. If I can do this, you can do this, right? But you go to the, the homepage here, and you'll see the buttons on the front. Just click the serve button. As you click the serve button, the serve page will show up, and uh, you know this will happen, or else somebody will lose a job. <laughs> All right, there it is. All right. So there's the page right there. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Uh, so this is our serve page right here, and you'll see that there are all these ways that you can, and just connect, you know, any of these, you click a button and it'll send you right to the people you need to get the information from, all kinds of ways to serve. But look at the bottom. If you're not sure where to serve, there's an area here, it says find your shape. So go ahead and click that button, and then it'll bring you up to the shape page, and it'll take you through some of the things that we've already talked about today. But you scroll down, you see step one is prepare, step two is process. And on, on this process page, you can look, there's a shape profile you can click or a spiritual gifts test that you can take. A spiritual gifts test you can take, it, it's really just a way to start the ball rolling for you. You answer some questions and right away it'll give you some feedback. Hey, this might be the way that you can process your spiritual gifts. This might be the way that you can process your heart, your abilities, etc. If you go to that shape profile, what this is is more of a process for you where you spend some time actually answering questions and you're, you're writing some things out about your life and the way that God has wired you. And the reason why this is helpful is because you will then understand as you're writing some things out, oh, I see some patterns here. I see some places God keeps bringing my heart back to again and again. Oh, this is what I'm passionate about. This, this is where I am gifted. These are my abilities. And, and it will help you in that journey of self-discovery. It's so important for us, friends, to jump into this, to really try to, to press into Jesus on this. Again, I want to say it's because it's a litmus test of where we are in the transformation process. 
You can take a real quick look at where you are and how it is that you're posturing your life. And if you're more like that Hugh Grant character in About a Boy and you're primarily self-motivated, self-focused, or if you're primarily serving-focused, you're operating in a way that's serving God. Now, for 2,000 years, the church following Jesus Christ has been around. And there are some metaphors that are used to talk about the church. One of the metaphors I'm sure that you're familiar with is the metaphor of a body. The, 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 the church is like a body, Jesus' body, and, and each of us, we're like members of his body, organs in the body. And every single one of us is essential. Every single one of us has a job to play, a role to fill, and, and there's none of us that are just dead weight. And so the analogy kind of goes that in a healthy body, right, Overlick is an expression of a, of a local church, so in a healthy body, every single person would be fulfilling God's call for them. Every single person would be operating out of their shape, offering their shape to God for his glory. There would be no motionless arm. There would be no non-functioning liver. But every single one of us would recognize that we are essential. We're called to serve God out of the fullness of our shape. And we'd be doing that. And the body would be flourishing. Yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful metaphor. Another metaphor that you could use is the metaphor of a cooperative, a co-op. And a co-op, really simple to understand what a co-op is, it's, it's some kind of an organization where you receive services, but it's understood that as you receive services, you also contribute services. And I've seen co-ops around farming, I've seen co-ops around classrooms, I've seen co-ops around communities. And co-op, it can be a beautiful thing, but you just have to recognize that as you receive blessing, you also understand that you're to offer blessing. As you receive goods or services, you're to provide goods and services as well. And so a co-op is only as functional as the understanding that as I receive, I also serve. That if I, if I am taking in, I am also contributing. And again, it's a metaphor, so I just hope you get, okay, the metaphor of a body, I understand. The metaphor of a co-op, I understand. Let me tell you what many Christians in America today, what the metaphor that they primarily operate under is. It's the metaphor of a movie theater. Now think about going to the movies, right? You go to the movies, you don't have any particular care for the theater itself. Like you don't own the theater, it's, it's not your theater, it's just there to provide an experience for you. And you're already, let's be honest, you're a little bit miffed that you had to pay $107 for the movie tickets. So you're walking in, you've already got a chip on your shoulder, so this better be good. And then you get your, you know, the, the, the concession that you want, you get the popcorn or the, the Coke that you want, you pick your seat and it's gotta be your seat and God forbid if the theater's too full and you can't sit in your seat. Somebody's gonna be upset, you know? And then you watch the thing, you take in the entertainment, and on the way out the door, what do you do? You're critiquing. You're criticizing. You're a critic at that point. Now, so many people have this as the operating metaphor for their experience at church. Right? Everything. Park in the parking lot. And you walk in and already you're like, oh, this walk is too long. And you get in, oh, I got my coffee and I got my donut of choice. And oh my gosh, I got to sit in another seat? Somebody's in my seat. I can't. And then you sit down, and, and the whole time you're just taking in the spiritual entertainment. 
Mike better be good today. He better be funny today. You know what? He's too challenging and I don't like that, you know? And you just critique. And I just want to say to you, Overlake, friends, you have to hear me. God does not need more critics. He does not need critics. That's not the metaphor that the Bible's talking about. That's not what God is inviting us into. That is not what the transformed life is all about. He does not need more critics. And before God, neither do I. All right? So, and I love you, Overlake. And so receive this challenge in love. Listen, we need to get in the game. We, we need to be on the field. We need to recognize that, that, that we're called to be a functioning member of this body. We're called to be a contributing member of this cooperative. And if you're here and you already are functioning, you already are serving, you already know your shape, and you're 100% in, I just want to say it is an honor and a blessing to be in this thing with you. It is so good to be in the trench with you. It is so good to know I have brothers and sisters who, who are shoulder to shoulders. We try to drive this thing forward. It is absolutely wonderful to serve with you. But I also want to bring challenge to those of you who, who maybe you already call over like your home. You, you're already in this thing. You love Jesus. And, and this is your church. But you're still on the, the movie critic side of the fence. And I want to encourage you. It, it just get started. It's time to take a baby step. It's, it's time to get moving, just a little bit. T take the shape test. Do the shape profile. Begin to serve one weekend a month, two weekends a month. Just, just get baby steps in this thing as you experiment and discover where it is that God is calling you to serve his kingdom. Now, I, I want to give you a picture of this, and I want to in introduce you to a friend of mine. This is Anne. I've asked her to come. Anne, why don't you come on up? She's an uh, overlaker. She's also the director of our special delivery ministry. That's a community for preg pregnant women who are experiencing homelessness. And uh, so as she comes, would you welcome Anne? Anne, come on up. Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much for being with oh, us today. Thank Thanks you. for all your good service at Special Delivery. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? Tell us a little backstory. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I moved here from Minnesota when I was 11. So I essentially grew up in Redmond, so all the formative years. And um, I came from a really traditional family, a mom and a dad. Uh, went to good private schools, had a really great faith foundation. Um, had the opportunity to travel a lot with my family and then go off to college and Spent my early 20s um, traveling, following the Grateful Dead around a bit. I kind of <laughs> went through a pretty rebellious season in my early 20s and kind of trying to find my own way and um, ended up pregnant when I was 25, unexpectedly. And I had my daughter, who's 20 now, Sophia. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> right. that's a little of the backstory. <laughs> how is it, if you, would you kind of bring us up to speed, how is it that your life intersected with Overlake and with special delivery? Sure, sure. So <clears throat> I uh, went on, I got married and um, had another son, my son Ben, he's nine. And uh, Sophia started coming to Overlake um, in, when she was in junior high with a friend. And we we're Catholic, so I was little curious why my daughter was going to church a couple times a week and so I started coming to check it out and I ended up coming and continuing to go um, attend Overlake and then I started really intentionally praying that God would start to do a to use me uh, in a meaningful way and uh, 
as far as special delivery goes. Ironically, when, she, when Sophia was a baby, I had donated all sorts of her baby things to special delivery, and I had no idea that it was part of Overlake at all. And uh, as she was involved here, uh, she had a friend who was a volunteer at special delivery, and so she invited me to go to a barbecue, um, dragged me to the barbecue, because I was like, ah, I don't know, Sophia, I don't really want to go, I don't know anybody there, and she dragged me to special well, delivery. Because what was the barbecue called? Well, okay, I got in trouble last time, Wiener Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we have a big bonfire going, Wiener it's Wednesday, so fun, right? every Wednesday yeah. in the summer, we have a big bonfire, <laughs> it's, it's a good time. Anyway, we didn't know that was appropriate to say up here at, a, at Overlake at church. <laughs> Highly we're, inappropriate. We're not Sorry. always appropriate at special <laughs> delivery. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, so I had, as I'd been praying and hoping that God could somehow use me, I faithfully followed what I thought was the right prompts, and I um, started getting involved with human trafficking initiatives and um, understanding that, and then God kind of, the timing was never right to go and do some of the things I wanted to do, and then God really laid it on my heart to become a foster parent, and I just couldn't understand why that would be the case. I was about to go through this really horrible divorce, and I'm thinking I'm going to be a single mom again. I can't be a foster parent, but it seemed so clear to me. So I went through all of the licensing process and the pride classes, so anybody that's a foster parent knows that's a pretty arduous process. And and then the company I was working for went out of business, and I was like, okay, this timing's not right. And I was like, God, why are you having me do all these things? And I was really struggling if I was hearing God correctly or if I was kind of following my own initiative. And, um, and I realized that God was laying all the groundwork for me in the things that weren't my experience. I had lots of experience being a single mom, lots of different experience of hurts and pain and um, things that I had overcome that would be really great, but I didn't know anything about uh, sexual exploitation, which is a huge part of some of the histories of some of our ladies, and um, foster care is where a lot of our women have grown up or they have children in foster care. So God was using all these things right. in a timing that I just had no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, right, it was right. kind of good for me to get out of my own way and let God sort of lead me, which is a challenge for me sometimes. <laughs> I think for all of us. Mm -hmm. T tell us a little bit. We've been talking about shape. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about the shape that you have and how that's a, a fit. At sure, sure. Um, so I was kind of going through and thinking about what my spiritual gifts are, and I realized that in leadership and in helping and um, the healing process and <clears throat> and mercy, you know, being merciful uh, towards people, and a lot of these things. I really fine honed when I, you know, I had a really long career in sales and marketing, and. Um, my heart part is really for people. I love connection with people, and that's where I get energized and, you know, justice for people. And I feel really passionate about advocating for people that are marginalized in uh, society. And so this this has always been the case. And I realized that oh, this is th that kind of passion really. Um, manifest with what I'm doing now and um, and for moms and especially single moms so that's you know because I was a single mom <laughs> I feel right. like we're kind of misunderstood sometimes so um, that was a big huge deal and then you know moving into the ability part um, that connection with people and being able to connect with all sorts of different people was critical in my business life and uh, 
those skills transcended. And I, you know, negotiating a deal is not a whole lot different than de-escalating a conflict uh, right. in the house. And so um, I, I think one of the most important things, though, is there was a whole lot of lack of ability that I felt, and I felt kind of insecure about that. And I have seen where God has just completely filled in all of my inadequacies. So it's been just this tremendous faith-building right. experience with that. And uh, like with personality, I was talking about this a little bit earlier, but the idea of me working for a church and being in ministry, never in a million years would I have ever thought this would have been the case because I didn't feel like a particularly churchy person and I'm a little irreverent and a little out of the box with things and that's um, why we get along yeah exactly yeah. so um <laughs> but it's also why I'm serving where I'm serving and I just love that you were up here talking about how it comes in all these different packages and I just wish somebody would have like said that to me so much earlier because I stood out. I like, I, you know, I volunteered in like all the, you know, usual ways, but I never would have thought that I could just completely, um, by faith, step into something so right, huge right. as full-time ministry. Um, yeah. So Anne, then, thank you so <laughs> thank much you for sharing. So hey, much. can we thank her for sharing? We celebrate you, Anne. We celebrate you. We celebrate the work that God's doing through you at Special Delivery. It's just, it's just really great. And I, and I hope you didn't miss that. I hope, hope you heard her say, you know, I felt like in some ways there's a lack of ability that, that you know, I can, I can offer God this much, and then he shows up, and he covers that. And, and I think that's really good for us to know, because sometimes that's the excuse that we give. That, that God, no, I, I can't do it because I'm not this, or I, I'm, I, I don't have enough time, or I'm not spiritually mature enough, or whatever it is that we might offer him. I, and I would just encourage you, like Anne, hey, w what you do have, offer that, and who you are, offer that. And, and I do just want to mention your daughter again, if that's okay. Sophia is this amazing young woman. She's a senior at Azusa Pacific University. And, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> And, and what's interesting, though, is in a season in the Howerton uh, life, my daughter, Alex, was in Sophia's small group. And Sophia was mentoring and kind of pouring into my daughter's life. I'm always going to be thankful for that. I was talking to Pastor Phil this week. He's our children's ministry pastor. And he was telling me that last week that we absolutely maxed out our nursery that we, we, we just floored it. I don't know how many uh, babies were in there, but he told me, and it just sounded like, oh, that's a lot of babies. And uh, church growth is a beautiful problem to have, but, but here's the deal. The, the deal is we need more adults who are caring who would be willing to come and hold a baby and sing to a baby and pray over a baby. We need more adults who are willing to jump in and serve in our children's ministry uh, all through the grades. Uh, our student ministries is absolutely dynamic. They're breaking down the doors out there, uh, maybe literally at some times. And, and so we just need more adults jumping in. You know, our young adult ministry is vibrant, life groups ministry. There's so many ways in which we are seeing great life and growth happen, and, and we need you. We we, we we can't afford to have a, a liver that's not functioning. We can't afford to have that arm that's, that's immobile, the, the, the person who's consuming but not contributing. And, and so I do, I, I wanna challenge you. 
And specifically, what I want to challenge you with is this. I want, to, I want to paint a picture of what it looks like for you to come alive as you serve. You see, I'm thinking of my, my buddy Dan, and he, he knows how God's wired him, and, and he's passionate about advocating for street kids. And when he goes over in Kenya and, and he is, is empowering our partners over there and he's advocating for hundreds and hundreds of street kids, he comes alive. And he knows why God has put him on this planet. I'm thinking of my friend Sammy, who she caught a vision from God to care for, for kids in the third world who are disabled, who, whose bodies don't function well, or maybe whose minds don't function uh, properly. And so she started a home for them. And then as she took in more and more kids, she realized that they needed a school. They need schooling opportunities. So she started a school. And as she has walked this road, what she has discovered is purpose. She knows who she is. She knows what she's to be about. I'm thinking of Anne and the way that God has opened up her journey and, and showed her exactly where he wants her to be planted and, and how many lives are now being transformed because Anne is, is serving out of her passion and her gifting and her experience. Thinking of my, my friends Romeo and Jennifer who this year, along with hundreds of other life group leaders, decided to jump in and open their home and how they're experiencing community in, in such a beautiful way as, as they're leading. And, and they're growing together in, in this small family now that meets in their home. I'm thinking of, of Paul and of Nate who every single Wednesday they show up here at the church. And, and they try to corral the craziest group of eighth grade boys you have ever seen. My son being one of them. And I, and I see that picture painted, and again, hundreds of you are already serving, but I just want to say to you, if you're not, this is the time. Take a step. J jump in, just a baby step, and, and just trust God. Let that baby step be your step of dependence on him, and watch how he covers the rest. And I know, there, I know the excuses, right? I, I know you're busy. I know you're tired. I know that you might not feel ready. You might not feel mature enough. Whatever the excuses are, I just want you to know the Lord knows. He will meet you there. He will carry you. He's the one who's given you the spiritual gifts. He's the one who's given you your heart. He's poured your abilities into you. He knows your personality. He's seen your experiences. And he knows it's for a reason. So that you could serve. So that you could offer all that you are to his kingdom. Friends, it, it's not that people are unwilling to give everything for the kingdom of God. It's that so often we're unwilling to give anything to the kingdom of God. I want to challenge you. Don't be a critic. Be a contributor. Be a functioning member of the body, right? And it is so good to serve Jesus the way that he's wired you to serve. My prayer is that you would come alive as you serve him out of your shape. So why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray this prayer. Jesus, we do pray this prayer of, of acceptance and, and gratitude that we recognize that, that we, are, we are not the ones who have shaped ourselves. We're not the ones who have molded us. We, we, we see that we are unique individuals made in your image, reflecting your glory in a unique and individual way and we're thankful for that. But we don't wanna just consume we, we want to contribute. We want to be a functioning member of your family, of your body. And so right now, Lord Jesus, my prayer is as, as you're bringing 
something to mind, as you're bringing a ministry to mind, as you're bringing a passion to mind, you're bringing a need to our minds. Lord, don't let this be a message that we just listen and critique and ignore. Let this be a message that goes deep within us, that, that motivates us to action. Find us courageous. Find us willing to follow you. We love you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.